Cool. Good. Looking forward to next, um, next Sunday. It'll be a really little short talk, but we're going to, technology permitting, we're going to look at the resurrection appearances. I know there wasn't a video person there at the time, but we're, it'll be... <laughs> we get, do a bit of time traveling, something like that. Uh, anyway, about a million years ago, a bit prone to exaggeration, uh, I started an occasional series called um, Worcester Loves My... Am I echoey? Is it, no, you're I'm all right. Sound a bit echoey to me. But, um, did we turn down the echo? Echo, 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 echo. Good. Um, oh, that sounds a bit better. Um, yeah, we, we started a series called um, Worcester Loves Money, because it does. Uh, and uh, uh, I don't know if you even remember that. It's in ancient history, but it's also on the, um, on the website. And the first part, part one, part two today, uh, the part one was uh, called Less is More. Less is More. And... Um, uh, because really from the beginning of creation, men and women have got into trouble wanting what they haven't got. And uh, someone whispers in our ear, if you only had that, then you'd be happy. If you only had this. If you, and uh, anyway, we keep falling for that lie. And uh, the truth is, as Jesus said, life isn't made up of the amount of stuff that you have. And it, it sometimes feels like it. If I just had a bit more of something, then I would be happy. But that isn't what life is about and there was a key verse we found in Ecclesiastes that said it's better to have one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after wind it's better to just have enough and have one hand free to give it to others and share and help other people out and put your arm around them than two and all you do is stress about keeping it uh, so that was that was that and we we finished off with a what about living more simply uh, what about getting rid of some of our stuff, selling some of our stuff, giving away some of our stuff? That was the challenge. Today, so part two today, and uh, part two is uh, very simple. I hope it will be helpful. Uh, uh, and it's, it's this, stress is bad. Uh, so part one, less is more. Part two, stress is bad. And I'm thinking particularly financial stress. And I'm aware because of we're all diff at different stages of life, and uh, some people here... Uh, will be people who earn quite a decent wage. Uh, some people will be very experienced. Other people here don't earn any money at all uh, and have less experience. So, so I just hope some of the principles are helpful. And if one isn't helpful for you, then just let it float on by and uh, pick the bit that's applicable to yourself. So stress is bad, financial stress. I, I have never, ever, ever overheard someone saying, do you know what? Since we got into debt, our marriage is so much happier. <laughs> never, never once in my life have I heard that. I've never had anyone come to, to the front when someone says, are there any testimonies? And say, I just want to thank God for the increase on the interest rate on my credit card. I'm just so grateful that it's gone up. I've never, ever had that. What I have heard is people saying to me, do you know what? My, my overdraft is crippling me. I've had, I've had that. I've had people come to me and say, do you know what? We're spending a lot of time rowing about money. I've, I've had that. I've had other people occasionally say, do you know what? I would really like to help with this project, but the thing is, I'm, I'm up to there with my financial commitments already. So, so 
I've had a lot of that, not, not much of the other. Stress is bad. Financial stress is bad. And often it's debt that causes stress. Overcommitment, if you like. And uh, so here's a verse, those of you who thought it's the Bible in this at all. Proverbs 22 verse 7 says this, The borrower is slave to the lender. Very simple. The borrower is slave to the lender. Now, we often don't think like that at all. But it's worth just pondering that verse. The borrower, it's quite strong language, isn't it? The borrower is slave to the lender. Of course, we've grown up in times, in the West at least, where people will throw money at you, it seems. You know, credit card, bank, you know, oh, have some, have some more money. But, and so we're used to, a lot of people are quite used to having various bits of debt. And we don't think like that. But the, so it's a bit of Bible. The borrower is slave to the lender. What does that mean? It means that when we borrow, we're in bondage to the one we owe it back to. It's quite keep, keeping it simple. So too much debt over too much of a period means you're actually in permanent slavery. What's, what's slavery mean? Well, that's why we did the less is more, by the way, because if we get into less is more, then we don't get driven so much into getting into debt, if we can understand that. The word slave is used because if you think about it, debt takes away your freedom to use your money how you want. If, if, if you're not in debt and you see someone in need, you can, you, can give them, you can give them some money. If you're in debt, you can't because that money, well, you're, it's in bondage because it's got to go to Barclays or Barclaycard or Mastercard or somewhere else. If, if you're not in debt, you can think, I wonder if we could save up to go on holiday. It's our anniversary next year. We could do that. Or if you're not in debt, you could think, actually, I'm gonna, I need a new pair of shoes or a new track seat or whatever your thing is. But if you're in debt, actually, you, you, if you do that, you could get the new track seat, you just get more debt, more, more bondage. Do you see what I'm saying? So it's very, I'm keeping it simple this morning, but I just want us to understand that, that debt is a form of bondage. If you get too much, then, then it's real trouble because you don't have the freedom to do what you want to do with the resources that God gift, gives you. Here's another basic point. Jesus is very interested in money. He's like, oh, he's, I didn't know he's a materialist. Well, he's not a materialist, but he's very interested in money. He's interested in us not being anxious about money, for one thing. When Jesus said in Matthew 6, verse 25, don't be anxious about, and then he talks about, the NIV translates it clothing, but it's covering, it's, it's clothes and a roof over your head. And what are you going to eat? Don't be anxious about those things. It's in the context of him talking about dosh, money, spondulas. That's what he's talking about. He's saying, hey, and the verse before actually says, you can't serve God and serve money. And then he immediately goes on to say, don't be so anxious. It's often anxiety that leads us into serving money. So Jesus is keen not for us to be anxious. He's also interested in our provision. He said things like, if you're faithful with the little you have, I'll give you more. And he told stories about people that were given more resources and made use of them, or less resources and made use of them, or people that were given stuff and they didn't do anything with it. There were stories about 
money. If you read the gospel just looking about money, you'll find there's stacks of stuff. Even when he's talking about spiritual things, he uses money as an example. He's interested in our provision. He's even interested in what we put in the bucket and our giving. In fact, one day he sat at the temple just having a look. Oh, I wonder what Jim Harper's put in. Oh, that's a lot. That's generous. Oh, I wonder what, wonder what these put in. Oh, oh, look at that widow. Look how much she's put in. She put in hardly anything, actually, but it was everything she had. So proportionately, she was the most generous. He's interested. Jesus is interested in giving. And as we get to know him, he often changes our financial priorities. He rearranges what we think is important as we walk with him. So I want to I suggest three simple prayers this morning. And uh, you could pray them or you can not pray them. That's up to you. I'm just... Uh, I'm just offering them out. And, and they're all prayers that help us get less stressed about money. Here's the first one. You might not like it. Here's the first prayer. God, please give me self-control. Not too many frowns. A few. <laughs> not, Lord, it's like, Lord, give me patience, but not yet. So, <laughs> Lord, Lord, give me, give me self-control. This is what it says in Proverbs. I like the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 25, verse 28. Like a city whose walls are all broken down is a person who lacks self-control. Now, in ancient days, having walls around a city, they were for protection, weren't they, against the enemy. A city with no walls could just be taken captive at any old time. Self-control is not a boring Puritan thing. It actually protects you. So he's saying not having self-control leaves you defenseless. That's an interesting perspective, isn't it? Because, we, again, we live in a time where, where people say, oh, do whatever you want. Whatever feels good, just do it. But actually, what the Bible says is, okay, if you live like that, then you, then you lack protection. You get into all sorts of trouble. No, actually, self-control protects you. That's, it's actually good to learn to say... Thank you very much. As fa- um, it's good to learn to say no. I mean, generally in life. No, no, I can't do that. It will kill me. No, I can't do that. It's wrong. Or no, I can't do that. It will get me into financial trouble. Self-control. Learning to say no to yourself is a good skill to develop. Spiritually speaking. Practically speaking. It can prevent us getting into trouble. You know, I can't believe how much money I've saved by spending so much. I've got so much money off, I must be richer. No, you've just spent a lot. You you see what I'm saying? Self-control protects us. Self-control is a good thing. And it's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Turn with me, Galatians chapter 5. Chris mentioned the fruit of the Holy Spirit um, earlier on. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and verse 23. The fruit of the Spirit, that's God's Spirit living in us, this is the fruit. Love, joy, peace, forbearance. I think that means the ability to put up with stuff without slapping someone around a bit. Um, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. They're fruits of the Holy Spirit. So let's get practical. 
it's great to, when the Holy Spirit moves in a meeting. It's great to pray for people. I love it if someone gets healed. How about self-control with my credit card? Ooh. How about self-control with my cash? That's just as much a fruit of the Holy Spirit working in our lives as in any other context. Self-control. Lord, give me self-control. Oh, yeah, but I'm praying for the gift of tongues. Well, that's great. I love, love that. I'm praying for the gift of prophecy. Well, well, that's great. That's a work of the Spirit. They're gifts of the Spirit. What about also praying for his fruit of self-control? Say no to this. No, no, I've got to do that. No, not going to do that. I, I think I spoke the other week about Debbie and I having porridge weeks. Um, more sophisticated people might call them a spending freeze. But for, <laughs> we just call them porridge weeks because that's what we ate. Just, just married, making a bit of a mess of the finances. What, why? why? Why did you just decide not to spend anything? So we could pay the electricity bill. So we could pay the gas bill. So we didn't get into more trouble. That's self-control. Now, I know for some of us, that's like teaching grandma to suck eggs. So sorry, grandma. But learning to say no saves you from bigger stress. Learning to say no actually means you can say yes in the longer term because you've planned and prepared for it. There there may be things even to do with money or even to do with something completely different this morning that you, you just actually, God wants to just speak to you about saying no. I wouldn't be at all surprised. In fact, I'd be surprised if there wasn't. So I felt that when I was preparing it, that actually some of us, that the answer to what we're going through is, we just got to say no. Just say no. God's spirit is in you. And you say, oh, I couldn't help it. No, actually, God's spirit and his fruit is that actually you have self-control. You can master yourself and say no. But certainly in the area of finances, if it helps you stay in the black, if it helps you stay out of debt, say no. could be very practical, can't it? It could be... Actually, I won't do the gym membership next year. I'll, I'll discover the countryside. It's like the gym, but free. I'll eat less cake. Hold on a minute, Judy, because I'm running out of time. I'll, I won't get my nails done as often. That's not for the gents. Maybe, I don't know. I'll get a cheaper mobile rather than the latest one. I'll drive an older car. We'll, we'll give smaller presents to each other at Christmas. I don't know. But self-control is good. And we can ask the Holy Spirit actually to help us. Now, of course, there'll be a few people that are mean old skin flints that learn, need to learn to spend a bit. But, but most of us, it's, Lord, give me self-control. What's the point of this? What are you on about, Richard? Well, the point is, let's see debt as bondage and get out of it. Let's be free to live and to give. That's the objective, is is freedom. Here's another prayer that you might want to pray. It's, Lord, please give me understanding. Now, now I'm not talking to everybody, but some of us. Lord, help me to understand how how money works. See, money is very rarely stationary. Even if you put it it in a sock and put it it in a a box under your bed, it's actually losing value because prices go up. So money is never stationary. God, help me to understand. It's a bit complicated. Money never stands still. And Hosea 4 verse 6 said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Sometimes what gets us is we're a bit thick. 
We just don't get it. I was, uh, I was encouraged the other day. I was looking at microwaves. Didn't buy one. We just got to wait a month or two. But anyway, I was encouraged. And you overhear someone, and, and this is what they was asking the assistant. Pointing at, I can't remember what it was now. Pointing at, I don't know, telly or a stereo or a washing machine. How much is that? Actually, he didn't ask that. What he said was, how much is the deposit and how much each month? That's, that's, that's often what people want to know. And he's sort of saying, can I afford it? But he's asking the question, how much is the deposit? How much each month? If I can do that, I can get it. But what he didn't ask was this, what does it really cost? So that's a, diff- that's a different question. And the truth is, it'll be a lot more than what it says on the label. Because you just put a bit down, pay monthly, and you're paying masses more. Do you see what? Do you want? So, so money's never stationary. What does it really cost? That's a good thing. God, help me to understand. Do you know, I discovered this week that in the UK, not including mortgages, we have over £37 billion pounds of debt. That, that's a, I can't even think how many noughts that is. I'm not very good at maths. Is it? Cool, well done that man. I can't say no because I've, I've no idea. <laughs> See, here's the thing lots of people don't understand. Uh, and forgive me because this, this is quite simple. But it, if you go overdraw, if you spend more money than you've got or you've got a credit card, you're not just charged interest, you know, you know a certain bit more. You'll charge then, you'll charge interest on that interest. And then if you don't pay, you'll charge interest on that interest on that interest on that interest. Get, get boring if I keep going too long. But do you see what I'm saying? So actually, it's not stationary. It's going up and up and up. On the other hand, not as much, sadly, if you put a little bit and tuck it away somewhere, wise, then actually you can be paid a bit of interest on your interest on your interest on your interest. Now, I know this is really basic for some of us, but it's really important. Jesus told a story about some servants and, and money. And uh, he actually said one of them just buried, put, put his money in a hole in the ground, put the soil back down and kept, thought he kept it safe. And Jesus in the story tells him off. The master tells him off, Matthew 25, verse 27. He said, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers. So when I returned, I would, receive, I would have received it back with interest. Isn't that interesting? So some people say, oh, savings is a lack of faith. Well, no, it's actually a bit of wisdom. Now, Jesus was telling this story about all the spiritual things he's given us. The gifts, the talents, the resources we have. Let's put them to good use, is what he's saying. But he was telling the story about money. Just to tell a personal example, when when I was in my 20s, when I earned the princely sum of £4,000 a year... (laughs) It's funny, isn't it? £4,000. He's a keen man, he's really old. So... (laughs) I, I took out this, I thought, I better save because i got a good mum and dad and they taught me those things. And so I took out this thing that I paid £3.45 a week. Ooh, high finance. And, said, and, 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 it, and it was not very much. And actually, to be honest, it still is not very much. But just for the purposes of this talk, I looked it up because it's, it's in a cupboard somewhere. And I've never stopped doing it. It just, it just goes out and you, know, you think. Because I've worked on the principle... If I put something away, there'll be something there. If I put nothing away, there'll definitely be not anything there. So that's, that's the level of my sophistication. 
And I discovered this £3.45, because of the interest on the interest, is now worth 6863 Ooh, now that's still not a lot of money, but it could replace the windows in my house when they fall out. It could, couldn't it? Or, or it might be the next car I drive. Who knows? I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I hope it's not too basic. I'm just saying, little by little, God, please help me to understand what's going on. Help me to understand that a, even a small amount paid off my mortgage means I don't pay the interest on that, on that, and the interest on that, and the interest on that. Or a small amount in a savings account will grow, but a small amount that I don't pay off will get me more and more into trouble. God, give me understanding so that I'm free to live and free to give. Here's the third prayer. I don't know if you like this one any better than the other two, but here's another suggestion. God, please help me to plan. Oh, not planning. Proverbs 21 verse 5. The plans of the diligent, that means the one who carefully thinks things through, the plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. Quick decisions on money are usually not very good. Plans of the diligent lead to property, to profit as sure, surely as haste leads to poverty. So I, I, I just talk, to make it simple, let's talk about three buckets. So you've got all your money. Let's think about three buckets. One is spending. The other is saving, and the other is giving. I hope this is helpful, because you're looking a bit blank. No, it's not the normal stuff I do. Have a plan. God, please give me a plan. How about a plan for spending? Ooh, yes. Someone said a loud yes. <laughs> Michaela likes that one. A plan for spending. <laughs> Have a plan. In other words, no, what, is actually, what do I actually want to spend on? What's really important to me? Now, some of what you cho- you might choose to go to the opera. That's fine. That might not be important to someone else. They might choose to go and watch rugby or football. They might, they might choose to have a skybox. Doesn't, doesn't really matter. I don't really care either way. What you, but but I, what I'm saying is have a plan. Think it through because if you just spend it all, then you won't be putting anything, you won't be doing any saving and you won't be doing any giving because there's three buckets. Think it through. What, how do I want, to, if you want to go on a holiday, then you won't go on a holiday in a year's time if you haven't put some aside and planned for spending. It's just very simple stuff. Ecclesiastes 5, verse 18 and 19. It is appropriate for a person to eat and drink and find satisfaction in their toilsome labor. (laughs) I like like that phrase, (laughs) under the sun, during the few days God has given them. It's very cheerful. It's appropriate to eat, drink, and find satisfaction in their work during the days God's given them. This is their lot. Moreover, when God gives someone wealth and possessions and the ability to enjoy them and accept their lot and be happy in their work, this is a gift of God. I like that, isn't it? If if you've got a job that you can find some satisfaction in, if you can learn to think, I work really hard, but I, I, I work really hard, well done me and you can enjoy what God's given you, then that's a gift from God. So spending is not wrong. In fact, the Bible says every good thing you've got is from him anyway. Who gave you the energy to work? Who gave you the health? Who gave you your abilities? God did. So he's saying, enjoy your life. You look a bit shocked. 
enjoy your life. It's God's will that we enjoy what we have as a gift from him with self-control and the other things I've said. So have a plan for spending. How about, some of us I'm sure got a great plan for spending, but not the other two. What about, what about having a plan, a separate bucket for saving? Oh, sounds a bit duller. My dad said to me, that my, uh, working class background, six kids, no money. My dad said to me, the day, uh, I think it was the night before I got married, he said, he said, have an emergency fund, Rich. Have an emergency fund. Put in 20 quid a month. And then when your cooker and your fridge breaks, which it will, you'll be all right. He was a man of few words, my dad, but they were always worth listening to. And, and he's right. I think the 20 quid might have gone up a bit, but, but, but that's right, isn't it? Have, have, oh yeah, have a bucket where you put something aside for when things go wrong. I'm amazed how many people, when things go wrong, just have to panic. And they panic because they just never thought that anything would ever go wrong. I don't know what kind of world you think we're living in, but we're living in a world where things go wrong. We're living in a machine's break. That's not, I mean, it's not a word of knowledge, is it? That's, just, that's, that's life. Things break. Cars break. Computers break. Everything breaks. Sometimes they all break at once for some unknown reason. Garage door, car, boiler, the whole thing goes at once. So plan for little emergencies. How about this one? Plan short term. Proverbs 6, just so you know, I'm still in the Bible. Proverbs 6, verse 6 to 8. Go to the ant, you sluggard. I think he's talking about a lazy person there, but it's, it's good anyway. Go to the ant, consider its ways and be wise. It hasn't a, got a commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. What's he saying? He's saying, hey, when you've got stuff coming in, put a bit aside for when it's winter, when it's no longer harvest. Put sh- short-term short-term saving for later on that's wisdom isn't it that's not a lack of faith god will supply all our needs but it's wisdom short-term savings putting something aside regularly for i don't know whatever it is that's going to happen shoes clothes holiday i don't know different things for different ones of us have a long longer term oh it's getting a bit heavy now longer term Proverbs 13.22 says, A good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children. Wow. That's amazing, isn't it? Leaves it? Now, the best inheritance you can leave is to be a grandpa or grandma that follows God with all their heart. That's, that's a person of good character. That's the best inheritance. So it's not just money. But, but it, it's saying, hey, longer term. Have a plan for saving. I don't know. Where, where are we with all of that? How about the third one? I like this one. It's my favorite bucket, I think. Have a plan for giving. Mm. Yes. There's, there's things like regular giving. Deuteronomy 16, from the, from the very beginning, says, bring a gift in proportion to the way God's blessed you. I like That's a good principle, isn't it? God's blessed me a lot. I'll give a lot. Oh, it doesn't seem he's like he's blessed me so much. Well, you may not have counted up properly, but... Well, give a bit less then. Be in proportion. That's why Abraham onwards did things like tithing. They could do the maths, I expect. 
God, oh, oh, 10%, oh, that's an easy sum, oh, I'll do that then. But regular giving, however you, you want to do it, regular giving, plan for that. Then there's spontaneous giving. That's fun, isn't it? Oh, you watch, I don't know, children in need and you get stirred and you think, oh, give to that. That's great, it's great. It's great if you spend all your money and you're paying your credit card back, it's very different, difficult to give spontaneously. But if you're attending to the, the saving and, and blah, blah, then you can plan to give. It's so exciting. Or what about occasional giving? What about things like the, our offering at the end of, um, whenever it is, the end of April and the first week in, in um, May? Special offerings. Paul actually taught people to have a bucket ready for occasional giving. You know that? 1 Corinthians 16, 1 or 2. Now about the collection. Do what I told the Galatian churches to do. On the first day of the week, every one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping and save it up. So when I arrived, you'll be able to send your gift on to Jerusalem. What's that? It's a plan. He's saying, hey, we're going to have a big offering. Oh, blimey, get big offering. What have I got? Oh, hang on a minute. I think I've got a five. Oh, no, I spent it on the paper. Oh, well, was, I've got £2.50 and a used postage stamp. That will do. I'll put that in. That, he's saying, no, actually, plan. Plan towards these things. Pray towards these things. It's, it's great, isn't it? You don't look as if it is. I think it's very exciting. A bucket for saving, a bucket for spending. Oh, that's good. We're allowed to spend. And a bucket for giving. Three, three plans. Lord, give me a plan for what I should spend. Give me a plan for what I should save. Give me a plan for what I can give. See, Jesus told a story once about a one-bucket man. He, said, he told a story about a guy that did work well in farming, and all he said was, well, I'll just build a bigger barn so I can put more stuff in it, and I'll build a bigger barn. He was a one-bucket man. He was a saver. You never read about him spending anything. I don't think he took out a site guy subscription i don't think he ever ha- held a party for his friends he just saved i just he was just a hoarder he's a one bucket man what about what about the prodigal son remember that story got his father's inheritance early just spend hey spend lamborghini i don't know what he spent it on not a lamborghini camel with a go faster stripe down it i don't know what <laughs> parties wine women song spend spend he had no savings blew it all got into trouble ended up envying pig food why Be- because he wasn't wise because he didn't ever have any self-control because he didn't make a plan he didn't invest any of it and save it he's just spent it all didn't give any of it away either just blew it three buckets so so what get to the end and that's a strange sermon but i I think it's just really i hope it's really practical and and helpful wherever we're at and we're all in different places and that's that's fine so what here's my so what pray the prayers give me self-control lord give me help me to understand it's complicated isn't it finance is complicated for some of us give me a plan it's good isn't it and then you can't just pray that then you have to sit down and if you need help ask for help make a plan so that our our finances are all under the lordship of jesus honor god with what he's given us everything we've got comes from him you can't serve god and money so let's chase after god and actually he'll help us use our money well 
to actually we'll, we'll do better with God's help than we would on our own. Let's trust him with our finances. He's a good father who says he'll give us our daily bread. If anyone here has got in a complete pickle, I'm not the person to help you because I find doing the calculator really quite hard, but I do it because it's good to do. But we've got people who can help you if you're in a pickle. And we also know groups that can help make a plan for your finances, help find a way to help you towards getting out of debt and all that thing. So if that's you, come and speak to some, someone who's in leadership and, and we'll find someone who can help you sit down and, and, and make a good plan. So that's really practical. Can I just say as we finish that, can I, can I appeal to you this? Make sure your spiritual debt is cleared. That's a different point. I'm not on money now. See, the truth is we owed God as creatures, we owed God our creator a, a debt of worship and obedience and, and we've never done it. That's just a true truth. That's what we owe God. We owe God worship. He made us. We owe God obedience. We don't do it. We do our own thing. So we're in debt. Big spiritual debt. The worst debt is spiritual debt. Sin debt, if you like. We all have one and none of us could repay it. And, and that's what Easter's all about, really. That God knew we were in debt and sent Christ to take our debt on himself. That's the wonder of Easter, isn't it? That actually you can walk out, giving your life to Christ, you can walk out debt-free. The weight off your shoulder. Jesus paid for it. Jesus had no sin debt, died in our place so we could be forgiven. So uh, if you're here and you're not, not sure if you're in the good of that or if you're still in debt, then I just say surrender to him. Say, God, forgive me. Take away the debt. I want to be in the clear and the right with you. Amen? Let me pray and we'll, uh, we'll finish. We've gone a minute or so over time.